Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. My name is Dee Decker, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Beargrass. This week, we continue our Eyes to See series with special guest preacher, Reverend Aaron Wathen. Aaron is the Associate Director for Marketing and Communications at Week of Compassion. She formerly served as senior pastor at St. Andrew Christian Church in Olath, Kansas, and was also senior pastor at Foothills Christian Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Aaron is the author of two books, Resist and Persist, Faith and the Fight for Equality, and More Than Words, 10 Values for the Modern Family. You can also check out Aaron's blog at irreverent at pathos.com. Here now is Reverend Aaron Wathen. Thank you for the kind introduction, Rob, and thank you, Church, for the opportunity to share with you this morning. As you may know, Week of Compassion is far more than a week. It is the Relief, Refugee, and Development Mission Fund of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and it is at work around the world all around the year. However, there is an official Week of Compassion when most churches take their offering. That week is later in February, which means that for the next six or seven weeks, I'm going to be taking the show on the road. So I'm grateful for an opportunity to share with Beargrass this morning before I go and do that and grateful that uh, we're doing the offering early here today so that I can be present for that. And speaking of being on the road, so I saw this car recently. It was a red, shiny new car. You could tell it was new from the lack of scuffs and dings that most of us mortals pick up in the course of everyday life. And, uh, you know, also on account of the dealer tags that were still on the back. You could barely see the dealer tags because all around them, there were these bumper stickers. Variations on a theme. They said things like, repent, the end is near. And Jesus is coming. And you know not the day or the hour. You get the gist. A general apocalyptic outlook on things. Jesus is coming. Look ready. And you know, most people, maybe normal people, would have seen that and thought, now who would junk up a nice new car with a bunch of stickers? But me being a theologian and therefore not a normal person... My first thought was, if we're so sure the end is nigh, why buy a new car? <laughs> I mean, this seems like a sort of futile investment, does it not? But, uh, you know, the irony is laughable. But when I turn that critical eye inward, I have to recognize that I may suffer from the same sort of cognitive dissonance Maybe we all do in our own ways, because I firmly believe that the greatest temptation for Christians in our time, in this digital age, in this capitalist world we have built, the greatest temptation is to find some brand of escape and then throw ourselves into it with everything that we have. For some, maybe that is a theological escapism. To be so focused on the promise of a future heaven that we miss the call to be fully present to our world. 
or else we seek more tangible outlets, building up enough comforts and material possessions for ourselves or just staying busy enough to remain distracted from all the ways that God calls us each day to be present to the needs of our neighbors. I don't know if there's a bumper sticker for that, but I know I've been guilty. Last week, we heard a story of temptation. Dr. Vaughn told us how Jesus went to the wilderness to fast and pray, and the tempter came and offered some bread. Just a bite, the devil told Jesus, and your hunger will go away. It's warm, it's crusty, maybe a sprinkling of Himalayan sea salt. It will cure what ails you. More than that, he told Jesus, you can have all the power over all the kingdoms of all the world if you will just worship me. Well, you know the rest of that story. Jesus says, away with you. He will not be tempted to escape the pain of the world that he has come to live in, come to save. In our text today, he steps even more fully, more deeply into this world and all that implies. And spoiler alert, there is some good news. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is near. Not later or far off or someday, but here, now, for those who have eyes to see. When Jesus hears that his friend and cousin, John, has been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. Maybe the same people who want John in jail are looking for Jesus now. Maybe this is a dangerous time in which to be preaching Isaiah's message of repentance, proclaiming that the power of God is here now and is a greater power than any human could ever imagine or pretend. You know, that memo does not always go down so well with those who think themselves all powerful. It's a dangerous truth to speak. And so Jesus withdrew. But he isn't escaping. He's going global, taking this show on the road and looking for some people who will help him take this message viral. So in Capernaum, he makes friends with some fishermen. That's what you do in a fishing town. It's part of the landscape. I mean, you move to Kentucky, you're going to make friends with horse people, coal people, tobacco people, and probably some brown foreman people. That's what we do here. In Capernaum by the sea, what people do is fish. Catch it, sell it, cook it, eat it. It's a whole economy. Life itself. Then here comes this stranger to town, trying to put a band together for whatever reason. And he says, leave your nets. As though that were some small thing as though it might be the easiest thing in the world to lay down their work, their vocation, the thing they've done every day of their lives since they were boys hauling bait for their fathers and their grandfathers and their fathers before them. Fishing is not just what they do. 
It's who they are. Life itself, woven into the landscape and deep within the roots of their family tree. Put down those nets, Jesus says, like that's some small thing. Follow me. What an invitation. It's abrupt. It's compelling. It is strangely lacking in detail. I think most of us might have requested at least an itinerary before making such a leap, but there they go. And up until now, Matthew's gospel has been mostly about Jesus' background, lineage, and early life, but now the camera pans out to a wide-angle view of his place in a global narrative. And here begins his public ministry. This is where all the lights come on. The kingdom of heaven is near. Can we see it? The Cox's Bazaar district of Bangladesh is the most densely populated refugee camp in the world. The nearly one million residents there are primarily Rohingya people from Myanmar who've experienced one of the largest forced displacements of our time. The camp is only about 100 yards away from the border of Myanmar, within sight of its boundaries, and yet they can't return home. Through partners like Church World Service, Week of Compassion helps provide basic necessities for these refugees, as well as a presence of hope and accompaniment. While it's not the flashiest or the most photogenic aspect of this ministry, one of the most critical components of relief work is what we call for short, WASH. That stands for water, sanitation, and hygiene. In other words, toilets. Now, as the communications person, let me tell you, it is hard to make an inspirational video about toilets. <laughs> it is hard to capture a beautiful and engaging photograph of a latrine and slap it on the front of a brochure. But let me tell you, toilets save lives. In nearly every kind of work that you support through Week of Compassion, from disaster response to global development projects to refugee relief, Getting wash facilities in place is the first and primary need for the health and safety of a community. Getting sanitation facilities in place when you've got a million people living in close proximity, that is urgent. Our church world service partners took care of that need quickly in Cox's Bazaar. Trouble is they noticed that many of the residents in the camps weren't using the toilets at night. They were just walking outside and, as it was shared with us, taking care of business right outside the tent. That is a significant health concern with so many people living right on top of each other. Once disease begins to break out in a community like that, it quickly becomes catastrophic and hard to contain. But we soon learned why this was a problem. The camps were dark at night. People were afraid. 
They felt unsafe walking to the outhouses in the dark. You know, there's a very easy fix to darkness. You just need to turn on the light. And so, with your support, church, there are now solar lights in the camps that come on at night, and now folks can safely use the facilities, securing the health and well-being of the whole camp. Seems like a small thing, but for those who have left everything, it is something miraculous. This seems like a simple solution to a big problem, but it took time, and more importantly, it took relationships and presence. On your behalf, Week of Compassion supports work with a global network of partners, because having those physical presences is priceless. Having people on the ground who are in relationship with the communities that need our help. It is the only way to truly understand and meet the needs of those whom we serve and also empower communities to have what they need and provide for themselves. When you give to Week of Compassion, you aren't just meeting immediate needs, you are investing in a long-term future for communities all around the world. You're investing in relationships and you're keeping the lights on. And this is God's invitation to us daily, finding ways to keep the lights on. In this season of Epiphany, we are on the watch for God's love revealed, made known to the world. As disciples, as followers of Jesus, who is love made flesh, we are called to be fully present to serving this world, to immerse ourselves in this creation that God so loves, to not turn away from its pain and suffering, not escape into some far-off notion of heaven. The need seems overwhelming some days, from homelessness and hunger in our own community to a refugee crisis that is rapidly escalating across the world. The temptation is to turn away, to think that nothing any of us does could possibly make a difference, to think that it's all too much. But that's a lie. And you know what tempter tells that lie. The good news, though, is this. When we all share what we have, our gifts do extraordinary things. When we answer God's daily invitations to be fully and deeply present to this world and all its hurt, we can transform it. Our gifts and our compassion reach around the world. Together, we keep the lights on. Through Week of Compassion, you are keeping lights on all over the place. In Guatemala, where children are able to go to school. In Haiti, where women learn the beekeeping trade and become entrepreneurs. In Puerto Rico, where they were still recovering from Hurricane Maria when the earthquakes came. In Australia, which is on fire. In California, where they're still recovering from last year's fires. In a refugee camp in the Middle East and in the flood-ravaged Midwest, in all of these places, your gifts and your presence and the presence of our wider church 
is changing lives. We are disciples, and we're turning lights on all over the place. We're like Tom Bodet from Motel 6. Let's see how old we all are. We're Motel 6, and we will leave the light on for you. That's an old commercial, and we never forget it. Must be something that preaches about keeping the lights on. The kingdom of heaven is near. That's not to say there won't be a heaven when we die. But that wonderful promise of eternal life is no escape clause. God has put us on this earth to be in it and for it. To love and serve and keep the lights on. When Jesus withdrew to Capernaum, I bet some people said he was running away. But the word that Matthew uses for withdrawal is a familiar word, the same word that appears on two other occasions in this gospel, both times when Mary and Joseph fled with Jesus for their lives. And now Jesus again withdraws for his safety, for his freedom, possibly for his life. Never forget, Jesus was a refugee. Once, twice, three times, he withdrew, but not from the world. In fact, Jesus was light for the world to show us a better way. So he came to see for himself. He had every opportunity to turn away, and he certainly held the promise of heaven. But instead of turning back, he stepped more fully into the world's deepest suffering, the places of darkness we can't even imagine. He stepped in to know what it was to be human and vulnerable, to be a peaceful spirit in a world at war. And he came with a sacred invitation. Leave your nets, all of them. No turning away, no clinging to some idyllic past or some distant future. Be here. Be in this. Go turn the lights on. The kingdom of heaven is near. Can you see it? As always, we would love to see you around the table at one of our weekend services. Our Saturday service is casual and meets in the chapel at 5.30 p.m. Our Sunday 9 a.m. service features the Beargrass Praise Team, and at the 11 a.m. traditional service, the Beargrass Choir sings. All of our services include communion that is open to everyone. For more information on all the activities happening at Beargrass, visit our website, www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace.